while it did change my life, I got there and I still had all this negative self-talk and I was like, oh, I'm still here. Whatever is going on with me still exists no matter where I go. There's no running. I'm going to have to start looking. It was a chance for me to blow myself away with what was what I was capable of and what was possible, even though it was terrifying. We all have a unique fingerprint in the same way as we have a unique creative expression, a unique creative essence. And that's the point. Today, I'm chatting with Sophie French, all things self-evolution, trust in yourself and trust in your inner knowing, the narratives that may be holding back your magic and how to work with your menstrual cycle for creativity. Sophie French is a women's coach and creative mentor, guiding female creatives to radically and radiantly love the shit out of yourself. Sophie shares her own self-evolution, how taking a holiday turned into living in Bali for two and a half years to then feeling the pull to move back to the UK. Take it as a permission slip to trust yourself, even if it's that little bit more. Hello, my love. Thank you so much for having me. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling creative? Are you feeling calm? What's the vibe? Oh, good question. I am feeling a bit of both, mostly creative. I'm on like day 13 of my cycle, which is my most vibrant time of the month. So there's lots bubbling, there's lots going on. And I'm, yeah, excited to like channel it somewhere all happening it's all clicking yeah definitely yeah this time feels like yeah I can do anything I can take over the world feel so confident I just love it this is my favorite so magnetic Mm. do you want to start by introducing yourself who are you what do you do yes I would love to so my name is Sophie French and I am an NLP master practitioner and a holistic business and creative coach for women And what that essentially means is I really support creative women to back themselves instead of attack themselves and to really believe in themselves, find their worth, find their sense of value, find their sense of self. First of all, know more of who they are. They clear out the stuff that's been, that's happened in their past, that's going on subconsciously, that's holding them back. And I support them to really see themselves in a really powerful way so that they can then go on to share that with the world. And that might be through their creative business, but it also might be through their day-to-day lives, their relationships with their family, their partner. Essentially, I'm working with the full, beautiful woman and her finding herself, her truth, her strength, her intuition, her like sovereignness and her creativity. And that simply then lends itself to whatever her unique desire is to put that. So many things shape us as women, as creatives, that untangling all of that on your own can feel so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I bet a lot of the time we don't even realise what's going on until we have that safe space to explore that. Yes, yeah, that's so that's so what it is. And particularly, yeah, particularly speaking about women, I think there's so much suppression we're taught that we're supposed to be a certain way and not be too much of this and not be this and be quiet but also be seen and so many stories and conditionings that we receive be a good girl be well behaved don't step out of line 
just so much of that that it's so easy for us to lose ourselves because it it, te- it ends up being we're having to fight for like who we know we are and so for a lot of women they tend up giving up and that's when they feel depressed and suppressed and anxious and just go in on themselves because they're like there's no safe place for me to express all of this stuff so I'm gonna hold it internally not have anywhere to go with it and that's when we often turn in on ourselves attack ourselves are mean to ourselves have a whole host of stuff going on inside so yeah providing the space for that to be unpacked is just incredible yeah Mm -hmm. so much magic can happen there it is magic I really resonate to that um good girl narrative that we're brought up with and I wait for permission for things a lot mm-hmm. and it's one of my stories that I'm trying to untangle mm-hmm. I love I saw in your Instagram bio you have the tagline of radically and radiantly loving the shit house of yourself I feel like in a world where we are told not to it does feel radical what's your experience been with this mm, great question gosh from being really little I remember feeling radiant and loud and excited and feeling so passionate and having a lot of energy and wanting to share that with anyone that would listen. Really having this constant experience that it was too much, that people couldn't handle it or people... Yeah, so I would get bullied a lot at school by people that were just like, who is this kid? Like, what is she doing? just constantly feeling put down to the point where I remember maybe like nine years old like writing in my diary like there there must be something wrong with me and having that really deep rooted feeling that there's something wrong with me I need to be quiet I'm not worthy of attention or value and just starting to build these stories which we do as children when we don't really know how to make sense of things we just take it on as it must be me that I must be wrong I must be bad and I really carried that so through my teenage years was very very painful time because I didn't have anywhere that felt safe to share what was going on I was very angry I had a lot of rage going on and I had no way to communicate like what I was feeling I had no way of connecting to that so it was a really sad time and that's okay when you're a teenager because people expect that you're an angry teenager that you can express yourself in that way there's almost that permission of like being in a rage and expressing things in that kind of way grumpy teenager you kind of get away with it and then moving then into adulthood when that's not allowed anymore because you've got to like be sensible or be professional or sit quietly in a lecture theater or at or at work was when things started to get really depressing because it was all so much repression and suppression that I just experienced such debilitating depression and anxiety I ate my feelings I was really really miserable and yeah just felt so low and so worthless and just piled high with all of this really awful self-talk and then I'm like what happened And then I moved to Australia for a year, which is the best thing I ever did because I took myself out of this environment 
that I'd always been in and it was just like this wake up call of like oh wow I can change this I have a choice in how I live my life and how I feel and also realizing I thought I could move to Australia and everything would be great and that would change my life and while it did change my life I got there and I still had all this negative self-talk and I was like oh I'm still here whatever is going on with me still exists no matter where I go there's no running I'm gonna have to start looking Um, and that was about 10 years ago and that's been the journey ever since. Wow that's so amazing to hear because for people who aren't in that more reflective headspace looking at your mindset this can maybe feel quite alien to them more often than not we're all going through very similar themes topics and you know we're all looking at each other's circumstance through our own lens of self-taught narratives other people's opinions it really does shape us doesn't it so when you were in Australia what was that like for you having had all of this experience in your younger years of maybe feeling too much feeling like you can't fully express yourself did you find that expression in Australia yes I definitely did because it was this whole new environment and I got to really see myself through the lens of brand new people who had no insight into like who I'd been or who I was or who I thought I was supposed to be so Being in this totally new space was so powerful to help me start seeing myself again in a new way and in a way that was like, oh, I'm not that bad. I'm kind of cool. I can make friends with these new people. And like, I remember a really strong belief before I moved to Australia was like, because I had so much going on with like eating, I needed to be really skinny because I wouldn't because people would like me better and it would be easier for me to make friends if I was really thin. And I was like, wow, that's a lot. To actually go there and just be myself and still have that experience of having fun and being great and enjoying myself, getting on really well, like starting my business there and working with clients. It was a chance for me to blow myself away with what was what I was capable of and what was possible, even though it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really woke me up to having a choice. What I'm learning is that with every level up and evolution and new chapter of my life and everyone's life, there is a death of your past self. There is a rebirth. You can't bring everyone along to the next chapter of your journey. And that can be really hard to navigate Something that's really tripped me up and I've really got burnt out and really lost my self with it and who I am and what I actually like and what I want to do and all those different types of things is really clinging on to past versions, to past relationships, friendships and trying to like cling on for dear life to old outdated dreams when they were no longer serving me situations like said relationships people things that weren't giving me the energy back that I was putting into that can be really disheartening at the time oh definitely yeah it feels like the life's being sucked out of you and you're like why I don't think it's supposed to feel this way 
Um, so yeah, it takes so much courage and bravery to let go of anything because ultimately we just want to feel safe and we're like okay well I know that this at least in part makes me feel safe even if it makes me feel like shit and actually cutting those old things off and allowing us that to die and being really true is just the most scary thing but also the most liberating and it feels as though every I know I've had the experience of like every time I do it it doesn't necessarily get less scary, but then I build more evidence of like, oh, I really made space for the things I actually wanted to come in and for things that are more aligned. But it's it's hard because sometimes we have to be in that place where we've let go of things and like nothing's coming in yet. So we're just sort of in the void of like, what the transition period and to stay. So like hold the faith in that is really difficult. But yeah, then when we get to the other side, it's great. It takes a lot of self-trust. And I suppose the more you get that evidence, you can trust and believe in yourself more and more. You mentioned at the beginning of this conversation about your menstrual cycle. And this is something that I'm really excited to get into with you because as the founder of the Creative Babes Club with the creatives I connect with and work with, one of the themes that comes up is energy levels, time of the month, like ebbs, wanes, flows, the different energy levels that we feel and put outwards and put inwardly as well. Um, I can't put a number on how many times this topic has come up because yeah. it is such a such a real day-to-day navigation struggle situation what can you share with us about how we can use our menstrual cycle for our creativity yes this is something I love talking about because learning it over the past five years has completely transformed how I work and live and honor it being able to honor my own energy and to know it better The main thing and the immediate thing that comes up is that we have four seasons throughout our month. Our winter being the time when we're bleeding, so day one to seven. And then spring being when we're just coming out of that, seven to 14. And then summer after that, 14 to 21. And then uh, autumn from there, 21 to, to whenever we bleed, as a general. And throughout these seasons which are changing week by week, we have the opportunity to experience and honor ourselves in different ways through these seasons, the same way we would through the seasons of the year. So in winter, you know, and it's it's easier to see them as those seasons because we can really adapt from how we would operate in different seasons of the year. So in winter, when we're bleeding, it's generally a time for hibernation and for going inwards, for being quieter, for really tuning in. We're so intuitive, particularly during our bleed time. And we're, it can be quite overwhelming, the outside world. And we just want to be like with ourselves, quiet, dark, really like replenishing during that time, taking baths and getting quiet. Maybe it's making plans, but it's from more of like an intuitive place. And then, for example, then in what's next? Spring. Um, Then we're coming out into spring and we've got more of that energy to be 
putting in place the things that we were perhaps intuitively given during our bleed time. So being in spring is when we start, things start blossoming. We feel a little bit better. We've got a little bit more energy coming back. This can be the time where we're not quite into like fully actioning, but we've at least got some more energy back to put some things into place. It's probably a little bit easier for us to focus on things, to be to be a bit more in the mind. There's a lot of energy going through us at this time. So that can be the time where we can focus on more of those um, focused tasks, the things that might be kind of boring that I would not want to be doing in winter, like my looking at my finances or my taxes or like planning in my schedule and then summer is generally when we're feeling amazing where we are ovulating and so we want to be out in the world we're feeling confident and this is the time where we can feel very creative very action focused very much like we can take over the world and do all the things that we want to do and this is the best time for us to bring things to life so when we have those times where we're like I feel really confident um and then we go down a little bit into autumn where we'll get an inner feeling of like I'm winding down we'll probably get an energy shift to still be creative and still bring things to life but there's also that wind down into winter where a lot of more of that creativity can come into play again because it's inward and we have the time and space if we give it to ourselves to be creative. So I know I've like vomed all of that out, but starting to see this as this cycle that we go through every month in all these versions, there's an opportunity for creativity and it's a superpower. I think we've been so taught that our menstrual cycle can hinder us and hold us back, particularly in a very masculine, patriarchal world and way of a linear way of being. But actually, when we learn our seasons, you know, I know that in summer, I'll probably get the majority of my month of work like done. I've got so much time, space, capacity. The rest of the month, not really. And I've really got to honor that and to give myself permission because otherwise I spend the rest of my month beating myself up for why am I not the same as I was in summer? What's wrong with me? Why do I not feel good? Why am I not feeling confident? But when we can be like, I'm I'm in a different season and embrace that. Okay, we waste way less energy and time wondering what's wrong with us. And instead to be like, huh, okay, what are my superpowers in this particular season? I do really feel that narrative again. It's always used like, oh, I can't do this because I'm on your period. Or whether it's someone being like, oh, are you on your period? Like very patronizing and gross. And it's never phrased or used in a way of being like, oh, I'm on my period, so I can do this. Or I felt really in flow because I'm in this season. Mm -hmm. I am still really trying to see my pattern with seasons um, because I have irregular periods, I've got PCOS. But what really has helped me, not just like general for my mental health mindset, but for my business and being creative in my business is 
reflecting or just tapping in, even if it's for a moment day to day and think, where am I on the energy scale? Am I feeling like I can be really outward today? Am I feeling like I want to hibernate, which is a lot of time because I'm a mega introvert. But sometimes I notice that when I am in those inward phases and I'm feeling like I don't want to show my face so much today or I don't want any client work, whatever it is. Sometimes that is when I feel really creative and it doesn't necessarily mean I'm doing the thing right there and then. It could be those intuitive pulls. It could be like starting to sow the seeds for a later time. Mm -hmm. And I think the more creatives can tap into that or even just explore it, like it, it could seem really overwhelming or like a totally new concept to creatives. Is there anything that you would recommend to start off that process? Yeah, I would say to start tuning into that time, particularly when we're on our periods, because I think we've been, again, we've been so conditioned to think that's like a a write-off time. I'm useless. I can't do anything. And it's like, cool, listen to that. I can't do anything on day one of my period generally other than take really good care of myself that's what I'm best at on day one of my period and also just writing down what are some of the ideas nudges whispers that you receive during that time and just starting to take note of what comes up around that time it doesn't mean that you've got to do anything with it or listen to it or believe it But just start getting to know the different phases. So even having like your period diary where you write in a red pen, the things that are coming up for you during that time and allowing your body to guide you more. Your body is so wise and we can really see that during that time when we're bleeding, for example, that our body's just doing that. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to do anything it's doing it so we can trust our bodies and like help them on their way and listen to the wisdom that they also have to tell us. Mm. I love how you call it a whisper Mm. because I am I have OCD and a lot of intrusive thoughts, anxious thoughts, self-sabotaging thoughts so it's been and it still is a real journey for me really honing that intuition that is in me and I think for the past probably year or so that's when the concept of intuition is like oh this is a legit thing that especially women we have the power of and we can really hone and use it in our day-to-day and that's been something I've been exploring and I think I'll let you know once I've hit 30 but I'm pretty sure the way things are going I think it's a big theme of my Saturn returns and really learning to again trust myself Mm -hmm. Um, but I love the use of the word whisper because when I was I don't know if it was another podcast or I've heard someone say before and I I can't quote who that your intuition is more of a a calm voice maybe like the back of your mind or like as though you're being tapped on the shoulder rather than like the loud chaotic like front frontal thoughts if that makes sense that's been really helpful for me to look at intuition yes definitely yeah it's very much like yeah our intuition is quiet and soft and we can only really hear it when we get quiet 
And very often, if we're really not listening, then when it gets loud is when the universe like drops us on our ass. So that essentially, and that's not the loud bit, it's so that we have to be quiet. So, you know, if we get sick or if we, you know, have an accident or something happens or we lose a set, like something that wasn't actually helpful in our lives, we're forced to get quiet. It's only ever we're being guided to like listen listen to yourself listen to what's true and only when we are quiet can we hear those whispers the other stuff is that noise of all the things we should be doing or what is anyone else doing or fear or so many other things which is like the key reason why I absolutely love meditation even if it's five or 10 minutes, because if we think of the rest of the day from the moment we wake up and we're looking on our phones, for example, then we're thinking, 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 or in this new state of like the beta state of really active, hyper anxious all through the day, looking at our phones and then closing down. We don't get that quiet time generally if we're not intentionally giving it to ourselves The beauty of meditating, for example, just allows us that quiet pocket of like, oh, this is what my inner voice sounds like. Even if it's just a little piece, it just really helps to start building that inner connection. I relate to that because if I don't have enough quiet time or just time with my thoughts and not having, I love listening to music, I watch telly, I have podcasts on. If I don't really make that a priority, as soon as I lay in bed, my head hits the pillow, my thoughts are just, it's like the spilling over the edge because I've been so distracted. Yes, definitely. And I think that's the piece as why it's really interesting because that's why often we're so resistant to meditating because it's like, well, if it's anything like what my mind is like at the end of the day when I can't switch it off, why would I like actively choose to have that feeling in a meditation? We want to be distracted from that. It supports that because your your inner voice is like wanting some space to be heard. So if you just hear it, ah, the noise can get quieter. Like you've given it permission. It doesn't have to shout so loud. Nothing has to shout so loud because you build that trust of like, it's okay, you've got my attention. You don't have to be so dramatic about it. It's all right. Yeah. And we just start to build that sense of trust with our own bodies and our own inner voice. Thinking about your creative gut instincts, your creative handwriting, your design style, you trust yourself with what you're creating, with what looks good, what works, composition, design, color pattern, whatever it is. That is the form of your intuition and self-knowing. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I think that's really helpful to have as an analogy of like, oh, yeah, because if people say like, oh, I don't trust myself, it's like, well, you must do because like, look at what you create. You have it. It's there as a transferable into like, oh, okay, I knew that about that person as well. Or I knew that about that client opportunity. I knew something felt off I know that this isn't it or I know that this feels really good and really aligned and I'm gonna follow it just noticing those inner nudges and yeah even just simply becoming more aware of them of when was a time where you don't know where it came from but you had a knowing and you followed it 
where was a time where you had a knowing that you didn't follow it? Both being okay and like no noticing, I knew. I knew from the moment we had that conversation what was going to happen. I knew and I didn't follow it and I didn't trust it. Okay. That just gives me evidence of like next time I'll know. I don't know. I can't explain it and I don't know what it is. I want to want it, but I don't. I'm going to follow that on this occasion. I love to emphasize and remind myself that creativity, yes, it has endless possibilities. It's uniquely yours, but it's not an infinite resource and your creative tap doesn't always flow. And I think it can be easy to forget that or to push that aside when what you do day to day is a creative job and career. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I really love that. It is that space that we tap into and we build our confidence in our creativity when we're listening to it and following it and trying out different things and different ways of being creative. The more we do it, the more we build that trust. Once we start to not listen to it and just hold ourselves back is when we kind of lose the voice. I really admire the part of your creative journey, which has probably been over the past few years. And as an outsider looking in, it seems like you have experienced such a self-evolution. You are based in the UK, you go to Bali, back to the UK. What has that been like for you? What was that intuitive pull? How have you grasped that and ran with it in such a powerful way? Oh, amazing question. And thank you so much for that reflection. That is so lovely to hear. It's always really nice to hear like how that reflects, you know. Yeah, so in October 2019, I knew I was going to be in Bali for my 30th birthday, which was March 2020. And I'd been there a couple of years before. I just knew I wanted to go on holiday there. And then a mentor of mine had then decided she was going to run a retreat there in March during for my th- like not for my 30th birthday but during that time and I was like oh that lines up perfectly and I just knew I was going to be there and I'd been saying it all year and I didn't know where it had come from but it was this knowing that I'd not really had before about a place it came in a very different way and so by the time I'd gone there for my two-week holiday on the 1st of March 2020, yeah, obviously then the pandemic happened. I was meant to go there for a two-week holiday. Flights got cancelled. And, oh yeah, I want to tell this story actually. I really wanted to stay, but everyone around me was saying, you've got to come home. The Prime Minister's saying you've got to come home. There are flights to come home. My family's telling me you want to to come home my mentors the people I look up to are saying I really think you need to get home we don't know how bad this is and I'm like like I hear you and I, I get it but I really feel as though I want to stay but the noise was so loud from everyone around me and I was in turmoil and I was really sick and like as in just like going through like fevers and panic because I felt so torn because I was like, I've got this knowing that I want to stay, but how can I? And it was getting to that point of like, 
I'm going to have to go home. And the only thing I could think of was just, I was just trying to imagine me with my cup of tea at home. And like, that was the only pull I had to bring me home. I was like, okay, that'll do. I've got to come home. My flight was cancelled. And I was like, okay, tried to book another one. There were no flights. I was seeing pictures and videos of thousands of people in the airports trying to get home. And I was like, that looks like hell. People in the airport centers of like, there's no chance you're getting flight. And I was like, I don't want to. And then a mentor of mine messaged me and she said, go to the flight center. And I was like, I've never been to a flight center in my life. Like, what is one of these? I found a flight center in the local town while I was in Bali. And then me and my partner at the time, we were driving down and this, then this like parade just stuck, came out in front of the car. It was like slow motion. So we're driving behind this huge Balinese parade and just looking at each other like, what's going on? Because we were in a rush to get to the flight center. And it was just weird. Everything slowed all the way down. We got out of the car eventually at the flight center. No one's in there. And I'm just like guided to this guy behind a desk who just felt like this angel. And he said, the flights are too expensive. We're granting your emergency visa. You're staying in Bali. Stay in Bali for as long as you can. And my whole body did the biggest sigh of relief. And I was like, okay. And it was in that like knowing I'd finally dropped into alignment with like, yeah, that's true. This is true. And then that was when I had this knowing to call my family and call everyone and be like, I'm staying. And then they let it go. And they were like, okay, I I trust you. Because I was finally coming from a place of like, I I know that this is true. Even though none of it made logical sense. None of it was aligned with what was going on around me. But I remember seeing videos of people fighting over toilet roll in the supermarket. And everyone's argument was... It's a third world country. You might run out of food. And I looked out of my window and there's like coconut trees, banana trees, rice fields. And I was just like, this is where I need to be. I think I'm going to be okay. Dropping into that space, having that experience of, wow, even when the literal rest of the world is telling me I should be doing something else, if I listen to my inner knowing, I know I can trust it. Because that that went on to me then staying in Bali for two and a half years, um, which is mad. And the whole time people would say, when are you coming home? When are you coming home? And I just kept saying, I'll know when it's time. I'll know when it's time. And so by two and a half years later... I very quickly, it was when the borders started to open, people started to come in, come in, everything was changing really fast. And I just had this knowing again, that I'd been waiting for, that said, it's time. So I was like, okay, book my flight. Three, three weeks later, I was home in the UK. And it's been a year of a transition to integrate all of that that happened, because that's like a mad thing that happened. But I listened to myself the whole way. And even now when people say, where are you going next? I'm like, I don't know yet, but I know, I know that I'll know. Yeah. What have you learned from that epic experience? Oh my goodness. Self-trust. Again, it was that 
the piece about like yeah blowing my own mind of what I'm capable of you know when we completely step out of our comfort zones we force ourselves to have to figure it out and while I wouldn't always recommend doing that I sort of got into a bit of a into a bit of a place where I thought I always needed to be leaping and I always needed to be getting out of my comfort zone again and again and again to like really push myself actually that ended up being very dysregulating for my nervous system and wasn't that fun in the end. But even seeing for myself what is possible, what I'm capable of, trusting the wisdom of my body, and it just really helped me get to know myself on a whole new level. Again, away from my usual environment, away from the identity that I'd created or had been created. It was brand new. It was my opportunity to be like, wait, what music do I like again? What new things do I want to explore? What is something I've always wanted to do but haven't? And I really took that time while I was there to go on that journey. And then to bring that back to the UK, to be brought up to to who I am, um, integrate those those parts of me to bring that me that I found back into this place that I was told I couldn't be that and so it's been a real journey of maintaining me in this old place which has old patterns and and continually watching myself just pull back from like I used to like that I don't anymore and I have to honor that I used to hang out with those people I don't anymore and I have to honor that. And it's been this real journey of refining who am I? What do I like? What don't I like? What do I want to let go of? What's new? That is magic. There's no other word for it. And it's just so lovely to hear. Thank you for sharing that again. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for asking. It's so it's so cool to talk about it in that way because it is huge you know, and I forget that it is because I'm like, oh, it's just this thing that happened. But actually, it was so massive. What would you wish more of for female creatives? Oh, that they really listen to their own knowing, build that trust in themselves and know that they are getting ideas, downloads, creative things that they want to do because that is theirs because they are supposed to it's not a coincidence that they have this gift or this skill or this talent or this way of doing things it is completely unique to that person it's what they were born with it's in them it's not for anyone else and it doesn't have to look a certain way. It is their unique imprint and their unique expression of how they do things that is what's so magic in the world and what is desperately needed in the world. Even at the at the very least to give each other permission that we get to share our unique expression too. It's not about I want to be more like that or I want to do that or I want to have this that that other person has. It's like how can they find more of themselves and share more of that? Because we're all unique for a reason. We all have a unique fingerprint in the same way as we have a unique creative expression, a unique creative essence. 
And that's the point that when we share that, we're so magnetic and we bring in the things that that we want. That's so needed. It's so true. If creatives, women, females listening would love to explore their own self evolution with you, how can they connect with you and work with you? I mostly hang out on Instagram, which is at sophiefrench.co and share just general tips and advice for finding your own expression, being becoming more in tune with yourself, your intuition, your creative ways. Go a bit deeper. I run classes about connecting with yourself. So through the modality of tapping, for example, tapping into your intuition. Yeah, really connecting with yourself. I also do one-to-one coaching and mentoring um, where we really dive deep into what are the subconscious things getting in your way of you expressing yourself in the world, how to find yourself again. And my plan is again to be running retreats in out in the world very soon. So exciting. What does being a creative babe mean to you? I love that. It means to me bringing my unique essence and ideas from inside of me out into the world to share. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sophie. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Alice.